I do, dee dee dude. Welcome to the family with Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk, Doug Sprinthal, Officer Dave, and Andy Brant Bernard. So all you need is this group of men right here, and we can solve all the world's problems. Wouldn't you agree? I definitely would. Oh, we got be a lot of fun. We got money. We got law. We got cars. It's like the three foundations of life right there. <laughs> <laughs> the three foundations of life. What about the food? You're going to cover food? <clears throat> I'll steward podcasts, which is not a foundation of life. Yeah, no, that's I, true. I foundation is food. Yes. I thought you would cover the food. Or your dad's going to cover the food. Well... We're not going to cover cooking, I can tell you that much. Yeah, we don't want to cook. You don't want to eat anything that I cooked, I can promise you that. I wasn't talking about cooking. I'm, I go Just out. ordering? That's I know you go out, that's true. What am I saying? You haven't cooked ever in your life. Oh, we got to get back out and go to dinner again. We just went to Bar La Grasse a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. Food was, was good. It was really good. A good time. No question about it. Andy, would you pop my screen up so I can see the, the people? You know what I mean? I mean, it's not necessary, but as long as you're going to do it, you can do it. Or he's on the phone with somebody else. Never mind, he can't hear me. <laughs> he's on the phone with Jason Gowan, I'm assuming. Uh, comedy album, Dad Apocalypse projected release date is pending. Oh, pending for this fall. Okay. We'll talk to Jason in just a couple of seconds. Anything else going on in the world? Because I haven't left this office now in about four hours, so is anything going on in the world I should know about? The Fed has a big confab next week in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is this a good idea for us? I don't know whether it's a good idea for you, but the stock and bond markets will be waiting on pins and needles to hear their pronunciations from that, that meeting. A year ago, Jay Powell came out and said, higher, 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 too much inflation got to bring inflation down too many people are working we've got to get too many people are working right what too well, many people drives, are working and they're making wages. too much money and that's causing we have wage inflation and we need to raise unemployment and that will level uh, level wage growth and that will help bring inflation, inflation under control, under control. There and I know. say that is the biggest bunch of uh, malarkey that I have malarkey. ever heard. There you go, malarkey. You have our guest, Andy? I sure do. We got Jason on the phone. Jason Gowan, how are you? Hello, guys. How are you? Never better. Comedy album, Dad Apocalypse, projected for release this fall. Uh, God, you got all kinds of stuff to talk about, Jason. I'm just going to get out of your way. What's happening, pal? Well, we're, uh, you know, as you know, I, you know, co-host the Parents Lounge uh, podcast with Jamie Kaler, and mm-hmm. we, every week, interview celebrities about trying to survive your kids, um, and I have twin four-year-olds, so survival for me is, um, it's bleak, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't think I have a lot of time left, I think they're going to take me out here pretty soon. It'll happen, no question. That's one thing I'm very, very lucky, because I work uh, usually on this podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with our son, my wife, our son, and our daughter. The whole family's here working together. And you got the whole crew. We do, and we haven't tried to kill each other not once yet. They Teach me your tricks, because I, I need some pointers. Okay, well, I'll hear your your tricks, and then I'll go with my tricks, because my tricks are pretty good. I tell them I love them every day. That might have something to do with it. 
I I do tell them I love them every day. Good. Uh, it, it is uh, one of the most important things. My my twin sons actually they they are they're nonverbal and they they are special needs kids. So oh, okay. it um, we were told that they were never going to they were never going to speak um, by by the neurologist and our our youngest of the two twins um, actually said love you for the first time oh, and wow. so I it, it melted my Grinchy icy heart <laughs> and I, yes. I, I I was you know they're if they're crazy and sure uh, my you know, my seven year old pants me in Walmart pulled my pants down in the middle of Walmart <laughs> and yeah. Right okay. there in the produce section, which you know, right in front of the cucumbers, which comparatively weren't doing me any favors, and uh, it was uh, he was, and so yeah, they drive me, they they absolutely drive me crazy, and uh, but they're they are they nobody makes me laugh more than they do, nobody right. makes me cry more than they do, they are. Uh, to borrow a line from Jamie Kayla, I used to be the toughest guy ever, and now after having kids, I cry at Lowe's commercials. <laughs> I understand. I absolutely understand that. No mm-hmm. question about it. Yeah, I, I it's actually, I, I, from the time I was about 11 years old, I always wanted to be a father. We had a son, then a daughter. It worked out beautifully. The family's very close. A- Andy, do you know, because I'm asking Andy this because he's the youngest one in the crowd and he's also my son, do you know of any other families that are as close as ours that, that you know of? Um, I don't know. There's probably a few. Probably a few out there. But doesn't seem like all of them. No, it does not. So I mean, it, Melissa's family's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, divorced parents aside. Yes, other than the divorce other part, they very tight. <laughs> but she, does, she sees her mom, you know, every yeah, week. Does. Yeah, right. And yeah, her right. mom and brother live in the same house so it's like you know how, yeah, much, so how much closer cool. can you get than that that is true so jason how, how old did you say the twins are they are four years old um uh, it, it, they were they were they were born in 2019 and uh they are a my wife got to buy one get one free pregnancy um <laughs> bogo, <laughs> bogo. Yeah, she she, 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 uh, she stopped at costco and she came home did she get did she get, said, hey, uh, she get coupons for this yeah yeah yep yeah and it turns out uh they i there there was no return warranty on them and so when i tried to take them back sure. uh, costco was like no <laughs> Uh, our, 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 our now seven-year-old, when they were born, he was so angry that they came that we caught him trying to drag one of their car seats with them in and out into the porch to leave for Amazon to take. <laughs> and how old was like, he I when want he Amazon to take him back. He oh. was four. Oh, God. So he was like, I want Amazon to take him back. I was like, that is not how that works. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that. Ah, uh, kids. It's great having kids. I love having children. No question about it. Grandchildren now, too, are just magnificent. I think he. Oh, I. I. You know, here's the thing. I was. I was a raging bachelor when when I met my wife, and I did not see myself in the dad space. And she had. Uh, Jason's not biologically mine, and so like when I looked into his little eyes, like I was like, oh my gosh, I have a real chance I could screw this kid's up life up forever. And so I was very careful to make sure that like I was. You know, I wanted him to be such a fun person, and it turns out, like, he is one of the funniest people I have ever met in my entire life. Like, he just recently, I uh, he was attending a summer camp, and we stopped to get him the last day, and the camp counselor asked me to, to step aside. And she's like, hey, can we talk to you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she said, are you okay? And I said, <laughs> uh, yes, 
why? And she's like, your son told us that you're sick and dying, and then he was collecting funds to help the family out. Oh. And, so he's coll- and I was like, are you telling me he started to GoFundMe right here at the <laughs> And sure enough, he had he had collected he had collected uh, almost twenty five dollars from unsuspecting counselors, oh, uh, and, and I was like, okay, buddy, we gotta we gotta have a little conversation about a thing called fraud. Um, well. So I I do think he's he's got a real future in either politics or as a used car salesman. Hey hey hey! hey. Oh, Dougie, oh, damn it, Dougie, it's you, baby. Doug makes more used car salesman jokes than anyone. So I know that's true. He does. But you're allowed to say it. We are not. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to, and I'm not even going to go <laughs> yeah, there. I, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> Thank you, my cracker. <laughs> my cracker. In any case, Jason uh, going with us, talking a little family stuff. And what I love hearing, Jason, is the fact that you obviously, from the tone of your voice, love your children. That's great to hear. I I I love them until I don't. Oh well, <laughs> well I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I um, look uh, since I had kids, alcohol sales in Pennsylvania have gone up forty five percent. Oh, I can just me. just uh, see that you're running down to the state store. That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, they uh, having twins is not for the faint of heart. Because here's the thing: when you have twins, the thing nobody tells you is that when the egg splits, so does the soul. So they each just get you know a section of it. That's nice. Wow. Yeah, they're you never and you never know what percentage each kid's got. So our middle one, he is. Uh, our, the, the, the twin that was born first is our best shot of being taken care of when we're old. He he might take care. He'll definitely take care of his mom. Me maybe. The other two lost cause. They will. They'll. They'll not be happen. in a. Not not gonna happen. The Menendez are, brothers. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Well, I. Yeah. We call the one the, the the. Well, that's the reason I have trouble sleeping at night. No, I'm always afraid that I've got a Menendez brothers situation. You <laughs> <laughs> doze off and you're dead. I uh, we took him to this indoor theme park, and uh, and they had one of those sections where it's like a little playground. It's just for little kids, and they had like one of those tower slides that they once you get your kids get up inside, it's impossible to get them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, our littlest one, he got up inside and he's yelling to me, and and like they sound like the minions from Despicable Me because they're nonverbal, so mm-hmm. they kind of half talk. And he's like, "Hello, daddy, hello," and he's like yelling to me up there. <laughs> And I was like, "Come down!" And he kept going, "No!" And I was like, "I need you to come down, no!" And I, so I got really angry, and I climbed up to the top of the slide to get him. And he's like, "Okay, bye bye!" And he jumped down the slide, mm-hmm. and I, without thinking about it, dove down the slide to try and catch him. But, but guys, the slide wasn't built for me, and like, I'm built like Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. Like I've, I, like, like I have, I've enjoyed me a sandwich from time to time. Sure. And I, I got about four feet in and bloop, duck. I did a half <laughs> way the poo. I did a half way the poo because I was wearing pants, and I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm stuck. And so I'm, I'm shaking trying to get out of there. But like, and I only move about a foot. And like the kids at the top of the slide are getting impatient, and this little kid. A uh, little girl with pigtails all over her head because her parents hate her. She dives, fa- she dives down the slide and she is face to face with me. And she goes, oh. "You are too fat to be in this slide." <laughs> That's nice. Now, unlike Barney Rubble, I assume you wear shoes, though. 
Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, they require it there. Good. Um, <laughs> well, finally, so like 10 kids are like, they, like these kids just keep coming in. And he, with each kid who comes down the slide, I move about a foot and a half. Oh, God. And I know that I'm almost out because my eldest son is at the bottom of the slide patting me on the rear going, it's going to be okay, Dad. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and finally, I, finally, this last kid got enough momentum that I boop, popped out the bottom. And I'm like... All these kids are watching me. I have, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bad about myself. And over the loudspeaker, I hear, We're in middle age. Here we sit, gentlemen. Please refrain from going inside the children's slide. <laughs> what a day for you. That's all I have to say. Yeah. What a day you had. What a day. No question yep. about it. Now, where can, people, where can people go to listen to the parents' uh, show that the you parents do? Lounge? The Parents' Lounge? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can catch us live every Tuesday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on Facebook.com slash The Parents Lounge, uh, YouTube.com uh, uh, at The Parents Lounge, uh, and Twitter or X.com slash uh, Jamie Kaler. Uh, we're also on Twitch. And we it, like we have a bunch of guests coming up, uh, Candace Beer from uh, Candace Cameron Beer from uh, Full House, uh, Richard Marks. Uh, we've got a bunch of new guests coming that are going to be. It's going to be a, a fantastic show. Now you said you're on Sirius XM, also, huh? Yes, we are. We uh, we pop in with Larry the Cable Guy quite often. Jamie Great Taylor guy. and I are the, his dads in the field, and he checks in with us on you know what's going on in parenting this week, and we also do little holiday bits for him. So every you know every like Labor Day we have one coming out. Halloween we'll do one. Every holiday we pop in and do a, a holiday special for them. That's wonderful. See that you got a great life going there, Jason. There's no question about it. I am very blessed. Also, I want to say October 6th and 7th in Sayre, Pennsylvania, uh, we are doing a Davy Kaler and I, and also Justin Ruppel, uh, a fantastic comedian and impressionist uh, who was a finalist on America's Got Talent. With the three of us, will be in Sayre, Pennsylvania at the Sayre Theater with the Parents Lounge Live uh, stand-up comedy show. That's a wonderful thing. You got to come back, Jason. It was wonderful to talk Anytime. to you. Anytime. Anytime. All right, young man. Have a good day, sir. You too, buddy. Take care. Bye. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Jason Gowan, ladies and gentlemen. I have an interesting Ethan story from yesterday, speaking of parents. Uh-oh. So, um, Melissa's at the dentist yesterday, so she's gone for like maybe an hour. Um, so I'm watching him. He's more or less fine. You know, he's almost two, so his fine is teetering on the verge. But still, he's more or less fine. So Melissa gets home, and as soon as she does, I go into the other room to pick up some books that Ethan tore off the shelf. Because it's, you know, now I've got, I've got the time. I can do that without him trying to help. So from the other room, I hear this loud bang. What he had done for some reason once Melissa got home is he got up on one of the kitchen table chairs and slammed his head as hard as he could into the kitchen table on purpose. <clears throat> How'd that work out? It didn't go well, I can tell you that much. <laughs> God. He's been doing that, though. He's been, like, he'll be standing there, usually on carpeted floor, which is nice. He'll be standing there, and then he'll just slam his head on the floor and then look at you like it was the funniest thing he's ever done. <laughs> but this time it was on the kitchen table, and that oh, did not go as oh. well as he thought it would. He had a future in WWF. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, real. I will have to come up with a name for him, though. Yeah, seriously. Like the Ethanator. The cranium. <laughs> How about the birthday stealer? Birthday stealer. Because he was born on my birthday. He stole my birthday. It's not always about you, Tom. <laughs> oh, oh, more me. Here we oh, go. Here we go. More me it's a good thing you're on opposite sides of the right table. Andy. Right, Andy? Well, now it's about Ethan. <laughs> yeah, now it's about Ethan. I don't know. I, I think you're going to have to find Ethan a, Ethan a helmet. I know. Seriously. it's Well, it's funny because Melissa's like, maybe you should like look up what the deal is with this because it, it's a toddler thing apparently a lot of toddlers do it and studies have shown that toddlers who hit their heads on purpose grow up to be more advanced than their peers that hit their heads so it's like they're trying to knock out the stupid i guess <laughs> that's my only theory it's wanted to knock out the stupid yeah. it comes loose and only the smarts left right that tells you one thing that no one in radio management has ever bumped Bump their head. Their on head. The table. <laughs> That's just a given, right? Yeah. Well, my big—I run my big fat head into things all the time. It's like it hasn't made me any smarter. No, no. You couldn't get rid of the. Can't can't lose the stupid. So he's okay though now. I mean, doesn't oh, have yeah, any cracks in his noggin or anything. No, he didn't hit his head hard enough to really hurt him, but he's got quite the bruise. That's for sure. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep, kids are weird. No question I don't know about what it. their deal is. So we got a couple questions for Josh. Okay, Josh, are already questions. We were just yes. all just all we had to do was say uh, first Jackson Hole, Wyoming. First one is what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> That's uh, the first let's question. See, uh, <laughs> Joe wants to know if monthly disability payments are going to be affected by the Fed, whatever you were talking about. Probably not. Probably not. Well, good. I mean, in, in terms of monthly disability payments coming from Social Security. Now, Social Security uh, payments went up uh, and do go up uh, based right. on inf inflation. And, you know, the Social Security payments went up significantly 
this past year. And that's an automated cost of living adjustment, right? It has been, Correct. I think, since the 70s. So mm -hmm. they don't, it oh, just, yeah. it's a mechanism they put in place 40 or 50 years ago. And it just keeps, keeps rolling. Which is good up. because otherwise it would just be a big fight every year. You, you know that it would. You got that right. And the other question it looks like was deleted. Jim, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure it was Jim who sent it in. You asked a question about mortgages, but I think uh, the email address that those messages go to gets uh, deleted after a certain amount of time. So if you're listening, send the question well, in again, it, and I will should he, field Should it. you get a mortgage? Uh, yes. It, it had something to do I mean, with mortgage. Mortgage, mortgage rates, uh, you know, will go up or down based on uh, the long-term tre treasury bond index. Uh, currently, I believe mortgage rates are. Uh, at a multi-year high, mm. somewhere around 7.2 to 7.3%. Oh, wow. I would say that my first house uh, that uh, my wife and I bought in Minneapolis, the mortgage rate was 7.5%, mm. and that was back in 1977, and it was shortly before interest rates started spiking. That was before they started spiking interest. Correct. Um, and then they subsequently came down. And as interest rates started coming down in the 1980s and into 1990s, uh, I converted uh, the fixed, uh, fixed rate to, into a variable rate mortgage. And my wife at the time said, well, what happens if it goes if interest rates go up, and I said, um, honey, I don't think interest rates for the mortgages were going to go up. I think they were just going to head down, which they did until just a few years ago when we got this spike in, yep. of inflation. And that was a quicker spike even than the one in the 70s, I think. Yes, it was very, very fast, very and, the, and the, Fed, the Fed jumped on on that, uh, I'm not going to say quickly, but when the Fed started raising interest rates um, last year, they were raised at the fastest rate ever. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of debate on whether the Fed did the right thing or the wrong thing. I think the Fed um, acted a little bit too quickly in terms of raising interest rates at least at the, the rate that they did. And now they continue to come out and say, still plenty of inflation. The inflation is sticky, primarily from wages um, and then from housing prices uh, or shelter prices continue to go up. And they believe that by keeping interest rates high, that that will put a lid on rising uh, shelter prices and rising wages. But in my estimation, somebody at the Fed, and I think somebody told, I have heard that there are over 400 PhDs working at the Fed. And I would hope that uh, one or two of them bothered to read a newspaper or check some news source <laughs> because wages are going to continue to go up which to me is a good thing, and unemployment is going to stay down, also a good thing. 
Uh, why are wages going to go up? Well, first you have all the government workers and government unions that get automatic increases just because of inflation, just the same as my yep. Social Security payment goes, goes up you know, annually based on inflation. Then you have uh, union contracts which have been coming due. And I know that um, that the um, we'll say that the union that represents uh, UPS drivers just just got a, a new five-year contract that would pay drivers at the end of the five years $170,000 a year uh, wow. wage and and benefits, which is substantial yeah that's very substantial and then we have uh, UAW United Auto Workers is looking for new contracts for for GM and Stellantis then the uh, pilots union at uh, Delta just got a significant raise so you're going to see your airline ticket price go up just to cover that and if the Delta pilots got that, then American pilots and United Airlines pilots will also follow through. Um, so, yeah, wage, wage inflation is going to be around, and raising interest rates is not going to bring that down. All right, Jim has sent in his question again. So he's selling his house, which is paid for. Okay. So it's all cash, uh, and he's getting a new home. Should he take out a mortgage or pay for it outright? I don't know his entire financial situation. If he had a paid paid for house, there had to be a reason that the house was paid for. I think it just he's had it for a very long time. Uh, me, I'd like to having the liquidity. Mm -hmm. um, so I would take take the mortgage out. I do get a tax benefit from having the mortgage. You can take the yeah. uh, money that you don't put down on the new 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 house and invest that. And you can use some of the income from that investment to generate uh, income to pay pay for the mortgage. Yep. So there's not going to be any additional money out of his pocket. And if that money were invested in, we'll say, a stock portfolio uh, over a period of time that he owns his house, I do believe that the value of that uh, stock portfolio will go go up. There, of course, is no guarantee. No, of that yes, of because course. all investments are going to go up and down. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's what I would recommend is, take, is have that extra liquidity um, and take some of the money from, from the house sale, invest that, and use, use the income from that to, uh, to pay the mortgage. Well, there you go. So you got it all covered. Mm -hmm. I like that. A couple of things from the Wall Street Journal this morning. The hottest investment in the market right now. Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Oh, yes, goodness. they're back. <laughs> Beanie Babies are back big. AOL stock. Uh, the hottest investment in the market right now. Money market funds just drew $36 billion this week. What's that all? Cash is king. Cash is king. That's Cash the whole is deal. King. Huh? That's, that's the thing. If the money is, is invested in, in cash in a money market account, you're going to get uh, some interest. Interest on money market accounts has been moving, moving up, so that it's gone from zero to about four four percent. The money is instantly liquid. Oh, four percent. Should you need it? 
Yeah, money market accounts wow, yeah, have been move, moving up because it's, they're based on <laughs> short-term treasuries. Mm -hmm. And the yield on short-term treasuries on some, I'm not sure that six or nine months might be close to 5% wow. right now. But in the treasury, the money, you got to have that money sit there for the entire time to collect all the interest. Right. Uh, but uh, money market account is instantly liquid. It's very safe. And most money market funds are paying daily, daily interest. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea behind that is we're going to sell our stocks and put the money in a money market account because that's quote unquote safe and don't have to worry about uh, loss. Right, because even if the interest rate craters, you don't lose anything, you just stop gaining. You just stop, stop gaining the ex extra interest. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I'd, I'd say, what's your time period you know, for, for that? Now, of course, there's, there's one other, um, I did, did see this from a woman named Helene Meisler, who is a market technician, very, very sharp. And she made a comment that most professional invest investors have been waiting for a market pullback so that they can invest. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and the market, uh, stock market, is approaching, we'll call it oversold territory, or we're close to, if we're not close to a correction, we, uh, a lot of companies are in a correction, a correction defined as down 10% from the high, a bear market is down 20% from the, a recent high. So one of my favorite uh, favorite companies, and actually the, my largest holding, uh, Apple, is right down down 11% from the recent recent high. So Apple is in a correction. But in any case, Lee Meisler said that um, a lot of professional investors have been waiting for that correction so that they can come in and invest. Mm -hmm. But as the correction has been taking place, they're saying, eh, I don't know, it's only going to get worse. So we're going to wait for the bottom. Well, I couldn't tell you when the bottom bottom is in. Well, yeah, if you could tell, then you would basically they, have infinite but, money. <laughs> oh, we're going to sell at this peak, and then we're going to come back in at the, at mm -hmm. the bottom. So in my, my estimation, at, at a certain point, selling ends, but in in most cases, selling begets more selling until the selling yep. runs out, and then people say, oh, it's time to buy. Uh, right now, we're in a, we'll say, a seasonally difficult period, the month of August. Uh, Fed minutes came out this past, past week, said, oh, inflation's still with us. We're worried. Uh, about inflation, too many people are working. Shelter, you know, shelter prices are still too high, and we're going to maintain our watch, data dependent, and we'll probably increase interest rates at least once more over the next period of, of time, but higher for longer. And the stock market has sold off on that news, and I'm thinking, well. I don't know why that's any different than anything the Fed has been saying for the last year. And now it's, uh, don't want to invest until the Fed's meeting in Jackson Hole is completed and we hear Jay Powell say, hire for longer, 
higher for longer, we're still worried about the, the same things that they have been worried about, they being the Fed, for a long time. The long time being the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that answer, Andy? I think a lot of things about that answer. <laughs> it's a very complex but, answer. But my, my sense has been stocks will go up, stocks will go down. Mm -hmm. I've said before, stocks typically in any given year are going to have a pullback of 5 to 10 percent three to four times in any, in any year. When the market is pulling back, uh, plenty of consternation. Oh, and plenty of people panicking and getting out. Yep. Um, when the market starts moving up, uh, after a pullback, it's, oh, can't, can't invest now. It's only going to, we'll wait for the next pullback. And we'll, it's always, we'll wait so the money sits in a money market account and market or individual stocks will move up with, without them. Uh, there's some guy down in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I think his nickname is the Oracle of Omaha. Oh, well. Warren Buffett, who has just one of the better long-term investment records. And he just keeps, keeps buying. Yep. Keeps buying. And he's done pretty well over, <laughs> over a period of time. And if I were to take a look at the long-term uh, return on just buying the S&P index, uh, that's done pretty, pretty well over a long period of time. Uh, the average, the return on the S&P index over any significant period of time is going to be, you know, two to three times what you can get in a money market account. Yeah, that's amazing. Doug, you pay a lot of attention to this stuff, don't you? I, I, you know, I got involved back in the late 90s when trading stocks was the national pastime. Right. Remember that? And I kind of learned some lessons the hard way. So I, I, I still play, uh, but it's really longer term, more stable stocks that I'm looking for. And I always I'll look for exactly what Josh was talking about. When everybody's bailing, like April of 2020, like, all right. Boeing is not an $80 stock. This is a pretty safe investment. All these, and of course, you know, they came back nicely in just a period of time. But I'm not, I don't have the time to be active in the market. But I just look for those, you know, iconic companies that for whatever reason have fallen on higher times. The only thing I bought in the last year was Netflix. You know, they went from 700 yeah. down to $100 a share, and so I, I caught them not at the very bottom, and that doesn't matter, but they're up back up in the fours now, and so it's not Take bad. your money. Yeah. Yeah. Take your profit. I remember see, on MSNBC back in the early 2000s, they interviewed some 27-year-old kid that had made a fortune in the stock markets, and it's when Maria Barlomo was still on the show. Uh, she goes, so what's your secret? And he goes, it's pretty simple. I always try to sell too early. Like that. yeah, that's pretty good advice. Yeah. And then don't look back. If it keeps going up, it doesn't matter because you don't own it. That's Move right. on. Plenty of, plenty of places to invest. Yeah, that's right. Uh, another headline from the Wall Street Journal, the hottest investment in the market right now. My goodness. Another hottest investment? Yeah, they got a lot of hot investments. Mm. They got, uh, oh, wait a minute. I got I to gotta scroll up because there's one here. Jared Kushner's deal-making career off to a sluggish start. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's a real article. I'm not making that up, by the no, way. No, I, I, I saw that. Oh, it was, did, a, it was on the first. Well. It was on the uh, front page. Of the Wall Street Journal? Oh, yeah. That, that's today. So they got an uh, they got an onion writer for the... They the do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Treasury yields pulled back from a 16-year high. What's that all about? Well, that means that Treasury prices went up, and as prices go up, yields come down. There you go. They pull but back when you but when you're listening to, we'll say uh, CNBC or Bloomberg TV, people don't talk about Treasury yields. They don't talk about what's happening to the price of of Treasuries. And when I tell people, yeah, treasuries, treasuries are, are very safe if you hold them to, ma to maturity, but most people are not buying individual treasuries. They're buying a treasury bond fund. Or, and last year, the long-term treasury index, TLT, was down 30, 33%. $150 at the beginning of, the, of 2020. To the end of 2022, it was $100 a share. Uh, that's a, that, to me, is a third. And yeah. year, to, year to date, we've gone from 100 uh, down to uh, 94 So there's another $6 a share that you have lost in Treasury. So mm -hmm. big deal, you've got, you get some, you know, a nice yield, but the value of your treasuries continue to fall. You know, it's so fascinating to me looking at the Wall Street Journal because I, you know, I used to look at it quite a bit. Then I stopped looking at it and all the rest of it. But the, the big word that has changed in the Wall Street Journal from when I was young to today is everything's not a million, it's a billion. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a billion dollars now. Yeah, I can't, I can't figure out. I start looking at the, the sales of companies, the, the yes, revenues right. that the, the companies generate, um, and I'm surprised when a company just comes out. It's only a, you know millions of dollars. Millions? What? Is that bad? You know, <laughs> Amazon is going to be doing another uh, Prime Day in October. Oh yeah. Okay. Now they had their had their first Prime Day of this year in July. Their best Prime Day ever in July, middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. Over $13 billion of revenue generated. And how long a period? Uh, I think it's a, their day, so it might have been 36 hours. It's two days. Yeah, it's two days. Yeah. Prime Day is two I wonder, days. I wonder what Amazon makes off that, because that's really the number. Everybody goes, well, look at the revenue. You know, I've been in the car business for a long time, and that's a very high revenue business because we sell really expensive mm -hmm. things. But the retention is really what, and I'm curious what Amazon's is. My, is my, it 1%? My guess is, it two, is or? My guess is it's under 3% uh, margins. It's a retail business. Yeah. You know. So $13 billion, 3%. I can't do the math in my head, but that's still a lot of money. <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot, lot of, data, yeah. of money <laughs> in a, a brief period of time. And that's selling, you know, what I'll say, uh, toilet paper. I, I know it's. I, I, we tried to, for years to. Um, everybody in the car business says consumers want to buy cars online, completely. Blah 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 blah. And I'm, th and I'm like, and I'm a contrarian. I thought, is this really true, or is it true because everybody says that it's true? 
and cars are expensive. Amazon mm -hmm. really isn't. So I looked it up. What's the average selling price of something on Amazon? And it's about $37. So it's like, okay, is this, is it really going to make the transition? I'm not sure. I is, think is somebody going to be going to Carvana? Like, I yeah. mean, as, as an example, Carvana Another, is a publicly traded. I wish I jumped onto that in the, in the beginning of the year. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> But they almost went under. <laughs> they almost went under. Yeah. But Car Carvana is a publicly traded yep. company that says, you know, you can buy your car online and they'll have it delivered. Yep. And I always say, do I really want to go buy a car online? I'd like to see, feel, and touch that vehicle right. before, I, before I purchase it. And, and that's been our experience, although I do think that it's wise whatever you are doing, is whatever your product is as a retailer, is to give people multiple ways to interact with you. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that Target's done really well. You know, they have a great online presence and a physical one. And, and Walmart, too, that's what's helped them survive the am onslaught that's Amazon. You don't want to just make people do it one way. Well, I think. Walmart, no, you don't. Walmart and Target reported their earnings this, this past week. And they went in different directions. Uh, Walmart uh, beat uh, all the estimates and raised their guidance guidance for the for the year. They beat on well, Walmart's probably the largest grocery yeah. or grocer in the, in the country. So they beat on grocery, and they they also saw a huge increase in online purchases. And I thought, man, that is very very interesting for their particular. Uh, cust customer, their stock, which had hit a, a high, mm -hmm. about $160 a share, sold off on the news. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Um, they just beat and raised. Yes, the stock had been moving, moving up, but there was a lot of profit taking from that. Um, I, this, I, I've been along on Uber for about five years, <clears> and they just <throat> finally made a profit last right. quarter, and the stock went up and, and then <laughs> went down. And Uber, I think, is Uber's probably a very good stock. Well, it's become own. like it's become a brand, and those brands are very valuable in the Huge. long run. I think. Now I'll come back to Target. Target, well, they beat on the uh, bottom line. They missed on the, the top line. They cut their their guidance. They said they had problems due to their um, merchandising of certain certain products. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that one, that Satan doesn't see gender and all that stuff. Yeah, so they had, they had the, the same issue that um, Bud Light uh, mm -hmm. or Budweiser had. And this was also a front page article in the Wall Street Journal that was yesterday mm -hmm. on Target and uh, Bud Light and their, um, we'll just call it wokeism, that didn't work. I, I, didn't bet the work big, out. I bet the big boys in Richfield loved to see that comparison to Budweiser. And so some, they're really, they probably started drinking as soon as the paper came up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but here's Target stock, which had been trading at a low. Um, most analysts said, well, it's not as bad as we thought. The stock went up. Yeah. But Target is still trading at a low, low end at $130 a share, and that's down significantly uh, year, to, year to date. So that's just a, a difference between the two, two retailers. And it's just very interesting. You know, here's, here's one that's paying attention. Well, we've got to, I'm not going to say do good, but we have to 
show our um, social chops, so, yeah. to, so to speak, and the other company says, we really don't care what issue you have. You know, we're, here's the products that we've got. Come in and buy our stuff. And we'll give you the best assortment at the lowest price that we can. And, and, and I think they did a better job with the whole rush, rush to the grocery business too. Target seems like they kind of half-assed it. They don't have; they're not very big. They don't have the selection, and it's really expensive. So it's like the trifecta of, yeah, I don't think I'll go there. So that's just me. Well, it's been a long time since I've been into a Target period. Nothing yeah. there for you. Nothing there for me. My my wife kind of says we're not going to Target anymore. It's like yes, dear. <laughs> so why? No, let me ask you a question. Does that, from what I understand, during Pride Month, Target supported Pride Month in a big, big way, correct? It, well, it has the. I'm I'm guessing that's that would have nothing to do with it. I just don't no, go I, into that store. Yeah, the only reason. No, no, I understand that. No, I'm, but what I'm saying is, they just they supported Pride Month in a big way, mm -hmm. and then when Pride Month ended, they backed off on some of their stuff because we moved on now to the school seasons coming up and all the rest of it. And some people are boycotting them because they don't support Pride Month even after it ended. Right. But it's like we have to move on to our new business, which is back to school. If we're going to make money, we have to move down the line. You, you can't just stay the same. When are people going to understand it doesn't mean that they're negative Pride Month now all of a sudden. It means it's a different era. It's a different time. Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to understand that again or we're never going to be that tolerant? That one I don't know, I don't but my, get, my, my guess is we're never going. To, there are going to be a lot of people who are not that tolerant. They just don't, Here, here's my biggest fear. Happen. My biggest fear is we're going to at some point we're going to look back on this as being the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. Well, I mean, these headlines just keep popping up. SoftBank buys Vision Funds uh, stake. In ARM at $64 billion, yet another billion, billion, billion dollars. Well, hold on. The, the, the SoftBank owns the Vision Fund. Yeah. Okay, so they are going to, to buy ARM Holdings, which was a public company. Okay. Uh, we'll say a computer semiconductor chip designer oh, okay. manufacturer. SoftBank bought them, or their Vision Fund bought them. Uh, and now they're going to spin them back off as a separate company. So, oh, so that's the, okay. So they're going to pay. They have to pay the Vision Fund to get shares, shares in that. Sixty-four billion dollars for the total value. Yeah, it's uh, going it's to be a, good be a it's going to be a good <laughs> offer, good stock yeah. offer when it comes comes public. <clears throat> You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. So will you guys look at that? Officer Dave, do you buy a lot of stock? I honestly... Do I look like I'm a genius? I, no, I wasn't asking that question, of course. No, what is looking? Like, do I look like a genius? No. The way it, the way it works at our house is I lift the heavy things and my wife does the thinking. <laughs> this is how it so works. So you have a traditional marriage, is that? Yes, what I'm exactly. I do the heavy lifting. She does exactly. the thinking. Josh, where are you from originally? I'm originally from Haddon Township, New Jersey. So just down down the street from Camden, New Jersey. Okay. And not too far from the Ben Franklin Bridge, which will take me over to Philadelphia. There you go. I was going to guess New York, but I couldn't quite tell. I'm like, I think, yes. Anyways, I was close. Were you, did, I, did I mention the word water or something that, that, that gave you your clue? Yeah, well, a few things. You didn't say water, which would have meant you were from Maryland. <laughs> But it's, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. You're closer to Philly. Closer to Philly, yes. Yeah. That was my question. Okay. Stop looking at me, Tom. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the end. No, I, look, we were just talking about this yesterday. I am one of those rare Minnesotans. You can pick a town anywhere on the East Coast, and I love it. I just love them all. They're just magnificent. You've never been to New Haven. <laughs> I've never been to New Haven. Did You're you right. grow up I've in New Haven? Been, no, no. I'm from, I was born in Rhode Island. I grew up in Massachusetts. But uh, I had a couple of cousins that went to Yale, which is, and a good friend of mine went there. I have been I thought, to New this Haven, is, come to think of it. I, I want to go visit. And then I went there. I go, what a shithole. This <laughs> is terrible. Great school, not much of a town. I don't I know. My, my, right. my wife's relatives might debate you. They, they were all from... From New Haven and then really? West, ha- West Haven, and they see Doug, you hypocrite. Yeah, pissed yeah, them off and they, they started talking now. about they started talking about where the first pizza was made in the United States in New Haven. They talk about you know hamburgers from New Haven. They isn't that where tiramisu just, came from too, or is that Philadelphia? Have no idea. That's, tiramisu that's, is not from Italy. I love that. Is, I didn't know that. It's, it's one. Italian. It's one dessert that I do not particularly care for. Really? No, I tiramisu? do not like tiramisu. I go through phases. Sometimes it's like soggy sweet bread. Yeah, that's not. And good. then other times when I eat it, it's like super delicious. I don't know what that's all about. When we go to when we go to uh, Lola, okay, they have tiramisu there. You'll have to give it a whirl. When did you go to Lola? We go there all the time. Oh, oh, no. I, I, what's the one in Stillwater? We went to Lolo on Wednesday. Yeah, that place is fabulous. Phenomenal. The best French fries I, I've ever had. I was had. just going to say that. Best we went French there last summer ever. and just for mid-afternoon bite and so let's get some fries. It's like, oh my God, these are... And how do you make French fries great? They're just always kind of good, but they're not... I don't know what they no, put on sometimes. them, but it's phenomenal. great French fries. So I have to go out to Stillwater. No Hudson, you can go to Hudson too. They are the Lolo okay. and Lolo and Hudson too. It, it really kind of a cool, somewhat upscale, trendy, foodie kind of joint, but not really expensive. So you really, took the, you, you took this car that's in the business and finance section of the Wall Street Journal today. Nice picture of a 1964 Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I just showed it to to. To Dave and Dave, oh, he just knew right away what this car was. 
He and pulled he him said, over once. I'm a nerd. What can I say? <laughs> and he goes, I don't think I... Now, this one's not a billion. This is only 60 million. Only 60 million. Okay. For the, this car. So you took this one for, for a little uh, test drive. No, I actually know a guy that owns one. Uh, uh, Maury Wagner, who was the oh, auto yeah. dealer. He's, right. he's since sold. There's a private equity company that owns a company. But he has a huge museum in Long Lake. And he's had a Ferrari uh, GT250 for, God, I bet he's had it for 40 years. He started his career as an import mechanic in Long Lake in the 50s. God. And then all the import uh, manufacturers came to town, and they're like, how would you like to be a Saab dealer, and how would you like to be? And you'd get, you could get them for free back then. You just had to go, okay, I'm going to take on General Motors and Ford. Uh, nobody ever thought that these companies would grow, and they, they, he turned out to be a very astute businessman and just a wonderful person. But his car collection out there is just jaw-dropping. It's unbelievable. I've, I've been invited to go, and I haven't been able to go yet. It's like, <sighs> You know, some collections, they'll have a couple of the early 50s Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. He's got a row of, like, 30 of them. Oh. And <laughs> pre-World War II Rolls-Royce, Phaetons, oh, and God. Ferraris, and all kinds. Just the coolest stuff. See, the, those, those 30s cars from the 30s, the Packards, the Phaetons, all those... Those are just gorgeous. Uh, last time I went there was probably 10 years ago. He's got five full-time staff out there just working on all these cars. Maybe that's what I should do in my retirement, see if I can get a job over there. Just Go call cars. up Maury. Tell him uh, Doug told him to call you. <laughs> oh, man. Just polish the cars? Just I'd po- like to, I'll, just, I'd like, I'll just take a want, microfiber towel and just. I don't know. It's, having a car, you want to drive it. I just, I don't I, I don't got understand. one of those that I like love to drive, so. I'm good there. I just don't understand. Yeah, I actually barely fit car. in it, but it's good. What kind of car car do you have? I have an 07 just... Mustang. And you'd barely fit in it? It's pretty tight. <laughs> it's pretty tight. <laughs> I would imagine. You have an 07 Mustang? Yeah. Because I got the 13, right? I, yeah, we were talking about that today. I think it, was I think a it is a thir- 13 or 14. Yep. I'm pretty sure but it see, is. Mine, mine has nothing uh, creature comfort-wise. No. Barely, barely air, uh, air conditioning, and uh, it has a six-disc six CD changer. Why? I don't... Oh, I remember those. <laughs> exactly. The CD, CD changers. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't ever use it, so it's like okay. I remember. Yeah, Dad got a car at some. It was like in the mid '90s, and in a glove box there was six slots for CDs. So you yes. could put them yep. all in, yep. and then select between them. And we thought it was like the coolest thing in the whole world. Was that the Alante? I was probably 10 years old. I don't you know. You had an Alante? I had Alante. Yeah, you've yeah. had some cool cars. My favorite still was the old Rolls Royce I bought. Then. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't brand new, so I didn't spend six hundred dollars or $800,000 on it. That's not <laughs> it. it was, but I will never forget. Catherine said, why? I said, I've been dreaming of owning one of these cars since I was a little boy. I dreamt of it, and I can't do it in Minnesota. So when we're down here, I'll drive it around down here, right? <laughs> and it would compare pretty much now to a mid-range car. It's an expensive car still, but it's mid-range. It's not way over the top, you know, like some of these. But she said, you know, everybody's going to think you're a snob and some, you know, rich jerk and all the rest of it. I said, no, this is a used car, you know, it's whatever. It's not over the top and all the rest of it. So we pull up, pulling off the lot. There's at a red light. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a woman standing on the corner smoking a cigarette. She's doing this deal where she's holding her elbow and smoking a cigarette like this. Very fancy. <laughs> and she actually said the whole thing. I'll only say part of it. So Kathy just keep going, I'm telling you, just watch out where you park this car because some people aren't going to like it too much. And two things happened that day. I pull away, the red light changes to green. I pull away, and the woman goes, Rich Effer. <laughs> the first person <laughs> saw me drive. You know why? It was probably the bumper sticker on the back that said, my other car is a Bentley. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it was. But then, so we had to go, and down in Florida, you don't have a lot of uh, underground gas lines for your for your uh, barbecues. Mm-hmm. You got to go buy the tanks because Florida's not big on underground stuff because it, it's not that stable, right? <laughs> yeah. So I go to a Walgreens. They have the tanks. So I go to a young young African American kid. I said, "Could I get a tank of of uh, propane?" He said, "Oh, absolutely." We go out there, and he opens up the cage and he gets one out, and I hit the trunk, and the trunk pops open on the rolls. And he looks at it, and he looks at me, and he goes, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ. <laughs> I can't even imagine driving a brand-new Rolls-Royce because that was an old Rolls-Royce. It was several years old. It was a nice car, don't get me wrong. And he said it was like riding on the couch. Yeah. 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 My yeah. dad had a 71 Lincoln Continental, oh, two-door hardtop. Great car. Oh, I wanted that car in the worst way. It had the 460... Motor. The fuel efficient four sixty. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he was he was happy. He got like fifteen miles to the gallon mm-hmm. in it, but it had the great that big tires good. and just float down the road. Is oh. there a car now? If you're driving, that people go, "Oh God, I hate that jerk." Is there something like that? I, BMWs always get that. Do they right? really? Yeah. They still why? do. I don't know why. Nothing wrong with BMW. No, no, compared to, I've got one. I've had several. Yeah. Compared to 50 years ago, they're actually semi-somewhat affordable these days. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What is it about cars, I suppose? Because houses, not everybody comes into your house. So even if you have a very impressive house, most people don't know it. Hmm. I mean, look at the outside and go, that's a nice house. But cars, I think, going down the street and everybody sees them. I suppose that's going to draw a lot more attention. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, this is Minnesota, so we're not really not overrun by ultra luxury cars. You'll no, see that's a, true. You, know, you see a Bentley, and it's like, yeah. whoa, that's really cool. Well, well yeah, but those F three fifties, those can set you back a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, so. those are, there are a hundred thousand dollar pickup trucks, yeah, which absolutely. is crazy to me. But. Yep. Oh, but they're they're so much. You know, <coughs> mine was mine's a sixteen. Uh, it's an F two fifty, and that was that was fifty. Yeah. Now, that's pretty affordable for an F two fifty. And it was, but that was six years ago now. Yeah, that's seven true. Seven years ago. Yeah, we'll tell Dougie, and Dougie will know exactly. I'm not going to say what the dealership <laughs> was. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with their fault or anything. Just no reason to say it. But I went in to a dealership in the Twin Cities, and there's this brand new, and I mean, this Rolls Royce was brand new. It was beautiful. It was loaded. I have no idea how much the thing costs. What were those costs? Like six, seven hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And it's sitting there. And I said, Man, that's a beautiful car. And he goes, You ain't gonna believe who bought that car. I said, Why? He goes, I can't tell you from where or who he is, but he's eighteen years old. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> that thing's getting wrecked. So eighteen years old. Um he may have lived on private land, if you know what I'm saying. And I came back about a month later. The car was still sitting there. 
And then I came back about five months after that. The car was still sitting there. The kid never picked it up. Wow. Paid for it and never picked oh, it up. Oh, man. What is that all about? That's weird. That's really bizarre. When when Ford came out with that uh, reiteration of the GT, what, 06 or yeah, 05, 06, something like that? 04 through 06, yeah. Yeah, that was... They, I remember going to... I did something in Elk River, and they had one on the floor. And the guy says, and I happened to be in uniform that day. And he's like, you want to sit? And I'm like, I look at what I got on. There's yeah. no way I'm going to fit in this car. <laughs> there's no way I'm going to fit in this car. And then when I went to work, there's a guy who lives down there who's got one. And every time that car drive by, I just go. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're really they had that 5.8 ri- ridiculously large motor in it. It's just like, oh, that is so pretty. Well, I do cl- love talking about cars, but I don't own any car stocks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, we'll close with this one, see if you have any interest in this. Because I did see uh, how much this man has put on the line. The world's most famous sports better still has a beef with Phil Mickelson. Did you see that article about Phil Mickelson last week? Yeah, yep. that was incredible. How much money was it again that he's bet? Hundred, I think he's lost $100 million. $100 million. So he's, he's, lo- bet he's billions bet, of dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why would anyone bet? You got it made in life if you're Phil Mickelson, don't you? Mm-hmm. I would think so. Why would you put all that money on the line? Billions of dollars. Great question. Why would you do that? Because you got it to get to do it. Yeah, billion yes. isn't enough. You got to have that T. I guess. I don't think. I don't. I think it's it's um, he. It's not getting more money. I think it's the. Excitement of the, the, the excitement, excitement of the bet. Of the bet. Yeah, I suppose. I read a read a read a thing about uh, Gary McCord. Oh yeah, right. Used right. to yeah. bet when he was in the tower. <clears throat> when he so he would see Phil Mickelson on the putting green. Yep. And they would flash fingers at one another about what the bet was, <laughs> whether Phil could make the make a hunt. bet. And CBS found out about this and said, uh, Gary McCord, you're no longer in the tower. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. Oh. Well, we can close with this headline. The world's most famous sports better still has a beef with Phil Mickelson. Billy Walter's new book unveils the secrets of the golf legend's gambling past and why he blames Mickelson for getting convicted of insider trading. Ooh. Whoa, that's a hell of a story. Ooh. That might uh, get a little rough toward the end, do you think? Could get I ugly. Think, <laughs> could I get would ugly. think. But betting, but sports betting companies uh, could end up doing doing pretty well as we get into football season. Oh, really? There are the two major companies, FanDuel, which oh, yeah, has FanDuel, a yep. Uh, yep. 40, 40 plus percent share of the online sports betting market. They're owned by Flutter, an English company. Right. There are going to be spun off. And then uh, DraftKings, which uh, my clients and I own shares shares in, has a 33% market share. So between the two, two companies, um, FanDuel and uh, DraftKings, that covers about 77% of online sports sports betting. Everything else is split between, I think it's a hundred different uh, gaming companies. Oh, yeah. Have little little pieces of God, that. I've mm-hmm. never been a, a gambler. I always that. felt I worked too dang hard for my money to just yeah. piss it away that way. Because it's out of my control. 
And I just figure if I walked into a casino, I don't care if it's Vegas or wherever it is in any, any state, I got to believe those machines are not rigged to help me. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. No. <laughs> I just have to believe that they might have an edge on me no matter what I do. Right? I would think, think so. And yeah. that's what I've told, told my, your, my children. Your children, exactly. When they would, oh, we've got to go to the casino. I said, you know, it's a nice building, isn't it? Oh, it's gorgeous. I wonder they, why. <laughs> Okay, just bear bear in mind that not everybody is a winner there. Not everybody. That's very true. All right, that is going to do it. Thank you, gentlemen. My pleasure. Thank you. See you again next week. (laughs) 